Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. everybody. Why don't you turn to somebody on your left and right and give them a wave. Let them know how happy you are to see them today. Those awesome people in your section. I'd like to invite you to read from the Bible with me this morning. We're going to a book called Psalm, and the specific Psalm is Psalm 61. Uh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, feel free to use the ones that we provided there. They're uh, down underneath your, the chair in front of you. Or if you're here in the good seats, right, the expensive seats, they're, they're underneath your, your chair there. So page, page 478, page 478 is where you're going to find Psalm 61. Also feel free to use the Bible on your device if you you want to. Uh, we'll be in Psalm 61 in just a minute. I'm hoping by next Sunday to uh, have the names of elementary school age children and the things that they hope for for Christmas for us to adopt. I mentioned it last week. We are partnering with some local uh, elementary schools uh, to adopt kids who um, be, they're in situations where they might not get as much or anything. So we're happy to have the chance to serve them in this way and help them have a Merry Christmas. So stay tuned for that. Um, two weeks from today and then of course um, that's that's next Sunday and then two weeks from today of course is our legacy Sunday where we receive the only special offering we receive all year actually um, everything you need to know about the legacy offering is on our website and by the way let me encourage you to go to the website and actually do a little bit of research on where the legacy offering is going that there's very specific partners that we have and we've gone to some some uh, a little bit of pain to actually get up details so that you can be informed about where the proceeds of the legacy offering, uh, what they benefit. A hundred percent of the legacy offering goes to mission that happens outside these walls. And today I actually want to highlight two of our partners. First of all, uh, one of our partners has been for several years um, Honduras, specifically an elementary age school in the Morazon area of Honduras. We sent a team there uh, three years ago now. It's hard to believe 2019. It's been over two years, headed towards three years. We have not been able to send teams the last two years uh, to go there, but we we have still continued to partner. In fact, in a big way, last year, um, you, you will remember that Honduras experienced some hurricanes and, and actually some very difficult rebuilding. And we were able to help the school build a perimeter wall back that was that has torn down around the back of the uh, property. Um, they had about a, a, a foot foot of sand and mud in all the classrooms and in the um, um, in the in the bathrooms. And so we were able to help clear that out as well. And so um, we, we were excited to be a part part of being able to help them even in a year where we weren't able to send a missions team. Um, the second partner that I want to feature today would be that I mentioned a few weeks ago that our church is able for the first time ever to send missionaries out of our church. 
right? And that's an, isn't that an awesome thing that we're able to send missionaries out, right? And uh, they are going, our first missionaries are going to the Middle East. Um, we are not able to use their full names or even say exactly where they're going. That's where, how intense the mission that they're going on. We've decided that we're calling them K and Z, and many of you know who they are, but I wanted you to know that they're hoping to go as early as February of this next year, and um, a, a part of this legacy offering will go in that direction as well. We are so excited to have so many uh, guests with us, both here in the house and also join us in our digital experience. Broad River Church, could you help me just welcome them this morning? Let them know how happy we are to see them. We're really, really glad that you're here. Today, I want to bring you week number two of a series called Not Anxious. And, you know, actually, before I do that, I'll mention uh, Miguel held up a card and said it looks something like this. And actually, you'll see that it doesn't look something like this. We, we filmed it, and then we got new Connect cards. So this is what the Connect card looks like. So this is what you're, you're looking for today. Um, I want to bring you week two of a series called Not Anxious. Uh, last week, I... I, I told you why I felt like we needed these two weeks, but as I was explaining why we needed these two weeks called Not Anxious, I realized I don't need to tell them why we needed these two weeks. Everybody knows, right? We need wisdom and strategies and help for what we do when anxiety attacks because it is attacking people like never before, young to old, across socioeconomic lines. Uh, how many of you noticed that bad news dominates the headlines? Anybody notice, right? So, and it's even worse than that because if you dig into how the brain works, you can actually find that our brains tend to remember bad news more easily than we remember good news. But that's tough for me as a pastor. Listen, we're a people that believe in restoration. We're a people that believes how valuable every person is. So anxiety really bums me out as a pastor. Uh, I said it last week, but you are not intended to carry all the things all the time. Anybody remember that? Jesus didn't say if we would follow him that we would never be burdened, uh, but he did say that if you follow me, the burden that I'm going to put on you is, is lights. It's, it's easy. Listen, ne next Sunday, we start a new church year. The first Sunday of Advent, November 28th, this year is a new church year, and things are going to be decorated around here, and it's a season of joy. So let me just say this, and then we're going to read Psalm. Are you ever going to read Psalm 61? Yes, we'll read it. Listen, I want to say this. We have to talk about the joy sometimes, right? We, we can't fight the whole world every moment, some of you have been trying to, and you're doing a, you, you did as good as you could, but you're coming up short, right? So I, I want to invite you just in your mind and your heart to turn a page with me as we enter Advent next week. Okay, N enough of the introduction. Psalm 61 is where we're going to uh, read today. We're going to read the first four verses. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you, when my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Lord Jesus, we pray that confidently that you come and speak to each one of us today. People coming from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of experiences. Some people are here because they wanted to be here. Some people are here because somebody drug them and made them come. 
and still you have a specific word for every single person. So thank you for meeting us where we are. Lord, I pray that you would start with me and that uh, your, your name would be lifted high today. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Listen, uh, I want you to turn to somebody close to you and you kind of say it like this, kind of like you're offended. I want you to say, I'm not anxious. Come on, do it. Say, I'm not anxious. Come on. Like, I'm not anxious. <laughs> the word that I hear most often these days, somebody, I heard somebody say, I'm not anxious, and, his, and their wife said, really? <laughs> That's good. That was, a, that was not part of the script, all right? So... The word I hear most often these days when people are talking about their anxiety is, is disconnected. One of the things that happens is that these anxious moments uh, and, and what those anxious moments do to our bodies, it just seems like sometimes it's, it's coming in like a wave, and it's kind of wave after wave. And over time, if we're going to use the wave analogy, you're just, you feel like you're just kind of the boat, and you're just not tied down to anything. It starts to feel like you're going to float wherever the waves decide to take you that particular day. So kind of waking up in the morning saying, okay, where, where are we going today, world? Anybody else feel that way? I've heard that a lot, even recently. And so this man, this king named David, this is what we read today, felt exactly like this, and that's where this song comes from. That's what Psalm 61 is, by the way. It's a, it's a song that David sang to God. And it's a really familiar song. If you've been around the church at all, you'll know this phrase. The hook of the, every good song has got a good hook, right? On, on, on Friday night, we were bowling with the guys down at, at, at Bowler. It used to be Bowmore, like I say, Bolero or something. And, and yes, I was incredible as usual as a bowler. I was just, it's Hard to, it's hard to really express how somebody could be so good at so many things. That was so bad, y'all. It was really bad. But listen, somewhere right when I was feeling really depressed, I heard the hook of the song from, my 80s, from the 80s. Come on, that said, pour some sugar on me in the name of love, right? Now, pastors probably shouldn't be singing that song, but I was singing it pretty loud and strong, okay? So songs got a good uh, course. They have a good hook to them. And this is a, a good hook. He says, when my heart is faint, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, here's the hook, lead me to the rock. Right, but, but check it, David wasn't, when he wrote this line, and, and by the way, back in the day, we used to sing that song for about 45 minutes to two hours, as the case may be, right? Lead me to that rock, right? Like this, lead me to that rock. Yeah, you gotta have that clap though, right? So it's, it's awesome, we just go forever and ever. But check it, David, when he wrote this, wasn't just trying to write a banger for the top 20 church charts of 2021, right? That's not what's in his mind. David is stressed here. He's facing serious stress. If you spend time with the entire chapter, and I encourage you to do that, read the whole thing, he's facing stress. I'm gonna tell you why in just a minute, but this is a guy that feels like he's far from home. He feels like he's far from God. He's disconnected, and this man is worn out so much, which leads him to say in verse one, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Now, songwriters, if they're good songwriters, they're not going to put all the reasons why they're miserable in the song, 
right? They're gonna tell you that they're miserable, just like Paul last week. Remember him talking about his thorn in the flesh? He never told us exactly what it was, right? So they, they're not gonna tell us the whole thing. So David doesn't go into detail here, but you can see the effect that his anxiety is having on him. He's so weary. He's so upset that he's come to a point of despair. He's come to a point of saying, God, you are the only one who is going to be able to fix this. I wonder how many of you have come to that place. Even right now, if you're joining us in our digital experience, right, you can indicate it. Just raise your hand there in the chat. Say, I've come to that place. By the way, if you've never learned how to pray, I know it can be daunting if you don't know how to pray, to, to learn how to pray, and that's okay. A good way to start a prayer is the way that David starts his song here. He says, hear me, O God, listen to my prayer. In other words, God, I have something I want to say, and I need you to listen, a.k.a. Here's a good way to start a prayer. Help! How many of you have started a prayer that way before, right? Now, don't start every prayer that way, but it's a good way to start a prayer. Help, I need a God bigger than myself. That's exactly what verse 2 is saying. From the end of the earth, I called you, and my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I need a place to hide away from everything. Look at verses three and four. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Here's a headline of week two uh, of these two weeks on anxiety. I want you to write this down. It's going to come up on the screen. We all need someone bigger than us right now to give us hope and safety. David, talk about relevant. David could have just as well written this song yesterday. Listen, I feel this. I'm not big enough, and I need a place to hide away. I'm saying it for me. I'm not big enough, and I need a place to hide away. Well, Pastor Kevin, it sounds like you are using God and the church as a crutch because you're too weak to deal with the world as it is. Yes! You are a very astute observer of humanity. Yes, I need a place to hide away. I don't think I can protect myself. I need someone. I love this song that said, it said, our God is bigger, greater, stronger, greater than you right now. And that song is talking to the mountain, but I can sing it about myself too. I need someone bigger than me. Anybody feeling me right now? I need somebody bigger than me. I need someone bigger and better and stronger. I need some wings for me and my family to come up under and my church. So call me weak if you want to. Call God a crutch for me if you want to. Now, by the way, he's so much more than that to me, but there are days that I don't know if I can stand up and walk if I don't have something to lean on. And he helps me. I want you to hear me this morning. He, he helps me. When anxiety attacks, listen, if your hope is just to gain all of the right coping mechanisms, by the way, I believe in coping mechanisms, but if that is your plan solely, you will eventually get overwhelmed. When anxiety attacks, if your hope is just to, I don't know, get all your ducks in a row and get the right number of dollars saved in your bank account, eventually you are going to feel like that boat just drifting wherever the waves want to take you. When anxiety attacks, we need something bigger than us to give us hope and safety. Amen? Now, 
I'm saying it this way when anxiety attacks because doesn't anxiety feel like an enemy you're trying to escape? Feels like something coming after you, something chasing you. I, I like going to David as an expert on anxiety because listen, homeboy is an expert on anxiety. <laughs> Pastor Kevin, you can't call King David homeboy. I did, okay, so I did. He's not Jesus. You can, you can, you can have fun with David. Da listen, David knew what it was like to be chased down by his enemy. Get this, his father-in-law named Saul was chasing him and trying to kill him for many years. You read about it in a book called 1 Samuel. We, I, I think the Sopranos, I heard it once, that family blood runs the hottest, right? I, I can't imagine anything that comes close to the anxiety of being hated and hunted by your family. And oh yeah, by the way, his son wanted to kill him too. His son named Absalom puts an army together to come after his dad and kill him. Nice, right? Y'all ever read the Bible? This second Samuel is, is where you find that story. So get this, when David describes God as a refuge and a strong tower in verse three and a place of shelter in verse four, he's not just being poetic. He, listen, David is the one that wrote this song that you might've heard that says, ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. David, <laughs> David, I'm pretty sure, don't Google it. Google to know everything. Listen, running to God for help was part of David's life strategy for staying alive. One thing that the, the you know, us Gen Xers, we like to poke fun at, at millennials and Gen Z, right? That's one of our favorite things to do. But one thing the millennial generation, I like millennials and Gen Z, by the way, all right? So, but one thing the millennial generation has given us is this phrase. We didn't used to say this uh, in the past, but this phrase has come uh, alive, this phrase called safe space, Right, we need safe spaces. Anybody heard this? Right, you hear this more and more. And I just wanna agree with millennials and Gen Z here. Yeah, when anxiety rushes in, thank God we can run to a safe space, right? I was watching a video a while back where a teacher was doing earthquake drills uh, with her students in a class in Haiti, a class of what looked to be like five and six year olds. And have you ever, anybody ever done an earthquake drill? right, or seen one done, right, it's very interesting. Well, what do you do? What do you do in an earthquake? Well, first of all, you find a desk to hide under, or, or you find a sturdy table to hide under. Get, that's one of, one of the safest places you can get to quickly, but if it's bad enough, if the earthquake is bad enough, then a table might not be good enough. Most of the earthquakes are more mild. It's just like some books and some pencils, and maybe a light fixture falls off the ceiling, but you're good up underneath that desk. So at the very least, from David's language in verse four, we can take that away. Listen, if this is all you get today, it's gonna be worth the price of admission. At the very least, God is our safe place when things seem like they are falling all around us. I want you to get that, at least get that. If I had a chance to do anxiety counseling with each one of you personally this week, this is where we would start with that very basic truth. But even as I say it, I hear some of you right now, Pastor, my earthquake's worse than that. My earthquake's not just like get under a desk bad. 
They, they, the earthquakes aren't always that mild, Pastor. The, and I've noticed these bad earthquakes are always most noticeable when we experience something together. I remember how open people were to the things of God in the, in the weeks and months following 9-11, 20 years ago. Very open. This pandemic has been different and that some people have actually drifted away, but there are many, many others, including many I see in this room today, that are saying, you know what, all of this going around doesn't seem very mild. This seems bigger. When we, when we lose a brother like Victor that we, we lost and, 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 are, and, are, and, and are, are celebrating his life over the next couple of days, it's, it's when we lose, we, we feel that together in a deep way. Some of you are facing things right now and today that, that, that don't seem like it's just gonna be good enough for you to get up underneath a, a desk and a table or hide until the light fixture hits the ground. So my message today is not just Jesus is enough. Now, that, that, that's too simplistic for this, this right here. That's not what I'm saying. So I don't want you to go home with that message by itself. Now, listen to me. Jesus is all we need. But to say that Jesus is enough and ignore how wonderful and nuanced and, and deep his provision is to us, that's too simplistic. I'm gonna preach a, a short message today on purpose because I wanna make sure that you hear this. Jesus is all we need and he provides for us, but he often comes through for us in things like this, like getting proper mental health care. Now I'm gonna lean in here for a few minutes. I want you to hear what I'm saying today. Jesus is enough and he often comes through for us in things like getting support from others that are close to us. Hear me today because I'm saying something that will help you if you allow yourself to understand how wonderful and deep and nuanced God's provision is to you. When Jesus provides for us, he often comes through for us in things like medication. Not enough amens and that's okay. He often comes through for us in many other types of treatment. I, I, I don't wanna move past this today because it's really important. You, 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 know, you know how they measure earthquakes, right? You know the scale? It's the Richter, right? The Richter scale. And, and so uh, a very slight earthquake is like 2.5 or less than the Richter scale. We have millions of those around the world every year. Millions of those 2.5 or less. You hardly even know they happened and, and usually don't even feel them. A more mild earthquake might be more like 5.5 to 6 on the Richter scale. So with those, there's some slight damage to buildings and homes. We have about 350 of those kind of uh, a year. But major earthquakes are 8.0 and higher. And in this range, at the epicenter of the earthquake, entire communities can be destroyed. We've seen these mostly, some of you may have experienced it, we see these on, on TV. We have about one of these about every year or two. And here's the deal, sometimes when the anxiety is hitting you at 8.0 or higher, you don't just need to get up under a table and it's okay to ask for extra help. In fact, as your pastor, I'm suggesting that you ask for extra help. I just don't want to move past this today because it's, it's too important. I want you to hear me today saying to your pastor, if you are not responding to the call of Jesus and finding that extra help in your life, you are going to be overwhelmed by this present age. Did you hear me? Raise your hand if you heard me say you need extra help. Now say, I need extra help. All right, good. We, we've got to get away from treating anxiety like something that gets better if you don't talk about it or ignore it. You aren't a bad follower of Jesus if you feel anxious. Come on. 
You probably aren't feeling anxious just because you didn't pray enough, and you probably aren't feeling anxious just because you didn't read your Bible enough. Now, if you pray more and read more, I can guarantee you, you will see a decrease in your anxiety. But when the big one hits, one of the ways that Jesus provides for us and is in helping us get extra help. Somebody say, I need extra help. Man, y'all got it really quick. It's good. People, people show up weeks and months and years into their anxiety, and I'm the first person they talk to that whole time. You're not going to make it. The provision of God is wonderful and it's nuanced and it's deep. And one of the ways that he provides for us is in leading us to extra help. You got it, you got it, I'm moving on. There was this awesome TV series on Apple TV recently called Ted Lasso. Who's seen Ted Lasso? Anybody seen Ted Lasso, right? People kept telling me about it and I, I ignored them. Um, Pastor, you got to watch this. Actually, I was on a plane with Sarah. We were coming back from somewhere. She was the first person to say, Pastor, I think you'd really like Ted Lasso. But I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of strange in that I like, I don't, I, I'm not just kind of strange. Pastor Jacinta likes to say amen at that part, right? So, but it's, it's, it's not just that I'm strange, right? I'm kind of strange in that I really, really, really love sports, but I almost always don't like shows about sports, I don't know, I don't get it either, but eventually I decided to watch this. It's a great series. I don't necessarily recommend all of its content to you, um, but season one, season two is not so great. Season one is amazing. It's all about Ted. He's here on the left who, he's this kind of really kind and agreeable, and I think we used to use the phrase happy-go-lucky. He's a happy-go-lucky soccer coach. Now, as you watch it, you find out he's not really a soccer coach, but you'll just have to get that on your own time. But right away in this show, right away in episode one, life is just punching him. Everything that life can throw at him is just coming at him, and he just keeps rolling kind, agreeable, happy-go-lucky. But at some point, his wife and his son come to visit him because he's coaching in England, and they're back in the States. And after they leave, a couple of days later, a few days later, his wife asks him for a divorce. And all of a sudden, his whole easygoing persona starts to crumble all the way up into this scene here. This very vivid scene pictured where Ted is at a karaoke bar a few days after his wife asked for the door, and he has, what's happening here is he's having a panic attack. This scene's incredible. Now, after watching this show, I'm confident, I wasn't sure before, I'm confident after watching the show, I don't think I've ever had a panic attack. I don't believe, I thought maybe I did before, but I don't think so after watching this. People tell me this scene, people that have panic attacks, is very accurate in showing how panic attacks work and happen. So his boss, this is Rebecca here on the right, she finds him out in the alley next to the bar while he's in the middle of the panic attack and she helps him watch this. She helps draw him out of the attack and she makes sure that he is safe. I want you to hear this. She is his refuge in that moment. She tells him that it's, it's, going to, it's, it's gonna be okay. By the way, you don't have to go to therapy school for five years to be able to help your friend and give them extra help. It's sometimes it's just as simple as looking them in the eye and saying, it's gonna be okay. She's, she says, you're gonna, you're gonna make it. You're gonna be able to stand up. She said, you're gonna be able to walk again. Rebecca 
she's a very flawed, small example of what it means to allow God to be our refuge. That's how we started today. That's where I want to end. When anxiety attacks, we need a place of hope and safety. So what does that look like? First of all, I want you to write these two things down. Allowing God to be our refuge means believing that he is sovereign. Sovereign is an old word that we don't use much anymore. It's about kings and queens. It just means he rules. Listen, the only way you can really be safe is if you're hiding with someone and under someone who is really in charge. If I thought for a second this morning that God was not sovereign, hear me, I could not recommend him to you this morning as a place of refuge. But I believe just like David does, I can recommend uh, God as confidently, uh, a refuge confidently. In fact, David says, did you catch this? He said, let me dwell in your tent forever. Like I only wanna be here. I only wanna be with you. I only wanna be in your tent from now on. So you have to believe that he is sovereign. Second, if you want to allow God to be your refuge, you have to believe that he is good. Huh. Have you, have you seen this car insurance commercial where the teenagers are running to try to escape this ax murderer? I think it's a Geico commercial, like they're running away, like we have to find a place to hide. Have you seen this one, right? And then they're out in front of the house and over here, there's a car. The cameraman right now, by the way, is hating me right now. I'm just bopping back and forth. I'm gonna move slower, I promise. They're, 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 the, the one girl says to the other person, she says, why don't we just get in that car that's open and running and drive away? And you've seen this, right? The other one said, no, 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 are you crazy? She says, are you crazy? We need to go back and hide behind all of those axes and chainsaws and stuff hiding in that shed, right? Uh. <laughs> Listen, a refuge isn't a refuge at all if it's not good. And hiding underneath God's wings wouldn't matter if you didn't believe that he is good. Listen to me this morning. All he is is good. And all that goodness is directed toward you because he loves you. I need you to hear me say this morning is if I could look all of you in the eye and tell you you're going to be okay. Will you hear it this morning? You're gonna be okay. He's sovereign and he's good. These are foundational truths that can help you stand firm and stand secure even when anxiety attacks and tries to take you out, even when the world seems upside down, even when it seems like the anxious moments are more than the non-anxious moments. Even when it feels like it wants to take you over, it's just like Rebecca help, helping bring Ted back from that scary place. By the way, the Bible calls that God's loving kindness. It's God's loving kindness to us that helps us draw us out of the fear and bring us out of the panic and bring us back from anxiety. God is our safe place. He's our safe place. And he's saying to us, it's gonna be okay. He's saying you're gonna be okay. He's reassuring us in this moment, somebody needs to hear this, he's reassuring you in this moment that this is not the end. This is not the last moment. It's going to pass. 
just bow your head and close your eyes with me all over this room. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can rest in your sovereignty. You are a king like no other. A king like no other because you came looking for us. You didn't wait for us to show up at the castle. You left the castle. You came seeking for us even when we were running far away, even when we were trying to destroy your kingdom, even when we were burning things down, you came running after us, Lord. So we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for your goodness. Who is like the Lord, good in all of his ways? There's nothing in you but goodness. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you came searching for us. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't wait for us to come for you, but you came searching for us. Lord, thank you that you have experienced every pain, that you've experienced every fear, and yes, you've experienced every anxiety. One and five and 10 and 100 and 1,000 times over, you felt it, Lord. So we can have confidence, not only that you've been there and done that, not only that you've conquered it all, Lord, but that you are also doing it for us. That we truly can rest in you. So we thank you for that. I just feel like I wanna pray with some people this morning who, even as you were listening to the music this morning or maybe as I've been speaking, that there's just been something tugging on you that you haven't felt before, maybe haven't felt in a long time. And I just want you to know that as Devon said so well in between our songs earlier, this is God's spirit that is literally calling your name right now. Your name personally, your name specifically. And somebody just said right now when I said that, me? And yeah, you, he's calling your name. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for this moment. And just a, a few seconds, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if, if you'd like to just dedicate your heart to Jesus and, and make the decision to become a follower of Jesus, maybe this is something you did when you were a kid or maybe you've never done it or maybe you've walked away for a few years. In all of those cases, this moment is for you. To be able to say with your mouth, I want to make you Lord of my life. I wanna make you king because I believe you are good. I believe that you came for me. I believe that you died for me. So again, right now, this is the most important part of the service as far as I'm concerned. Nobody's looking around. This is just a moment between you and God. If that's you and you'd like to use this day as a launching pad for saying, I, I wanna make a decision for Jesus to follow him. As, as it's just you and God in this moment, I'd like to know who I'm praying with and praying for this morning. We just lift your hand where you are today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hands going up all over this room. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, man, you can put your hands down. Thank you for that step of faith. God sees your hand. Broad River Church, it's such an honor for us to be able to pray with people that are praying this prayer for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time. And some of you, as you're praying it, you're, you're rededicating your life to the Lord today too. Can we pray this prayer together with those lifting their hands? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to live my life for you all of my days.
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.